On Pentecost, the Spirit came. On Pentecost, the Spirit came. There was a mighty rush of wind, great noise, tongues as of fire came from the sky, rested on the apostles. And they went out and spoke the message of Jesus in all kinds of languages. And the people heard in their own life, there were people there in that place from every, every area around the Mediterranean. And they heard the good news of Jesus in their own language. They heard the good news. And then Peter stood up and preached. His text was from the book of Joel, but what he really talked about was Jesus. That's what he talked about, was Jesus. And when he was done preaching, the people said, what should we do? And he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. And that day, it says in Acts, about 3,000 people were added to the church. They did repent and they were baptized. And about 3,000 people were added to the church. Then the story goes on a little bit further and it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. It was, it was the beginning of the church as we know it. The church. People gathered around the word, the fellowship, common life, breaking of the bread, and prayers. On Pentecost, on Pentecost, the Spirit came. But you know what? That wasn't the first time the Spirit had come. It wasn't. If you read your Bible, on the very first page, the very first page, it says, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. The Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And you, it comes up again and again and again in the Old Testament. It's not a new concept, the Spirit of God. In fact, in our psalm today, it says, when God sends forth His Spirit, new life is created on earth. When God sends forth His Spirit, new life is created on earth. You see, the Spirit was coming, come. The day Jesus was baptized, what happened? The Spirit came upon Him in the form of a dove. When Jesus preached His first sermon in the synagogue at Nazareth, He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Now, Jesus didn't make up those words. Where are they from? He was quoting the book of Isaiah from hundreds of years before. That's what Isaiah had said. So the Spirit was spoken of. The Spirit was active all through the Scripture. All through the Scripture. And then... In that gospel for today, interesting, isn't it? This is Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, 50 days after Easter. But St. John tells us that the Spirit was already given on Easter evening. Easter evening, Jesus came to his disciples who were locked behind closed doors, came to them, and he said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven them. 
if you retain the sins of any, if you keep the sins of any, they are retained. So the Spirit was coming all along, all along the way. On Pentecost, the Spirit came, but it wasn't the first time, and it certainly wouldn't be the last time. On Pentecost, on this day here in church, we commemorate that Spirit's coming. We commemorate it. We, we don't say this is long time ago this all happened. No, indeed. But we commemorate the Spirit's coming not once, but again, and again, and again. The Spirit comes right here. Right here. Right here. Do you realize that, that, that the barrier of language has been broken down right here in this congregation? Now, I can't speak in many languages, but you all are hearing in a language that you can understand, and English is not the first language of a number of you. But you are hearing the good news in a language that you can understand. That's a miracle. In about an hour, somebody will preach in this church again, and they'll speak in Lithuanian, and people will hear the gospel, what? In a language they can understand. If you go over here about two blocks, you'll come to a church where they'll be preaching in Polish. And people can hear in a language that they understand. If you go back this way about two or three blocks, you'll be preaching in Russian. And you'll hear in a language, or they will hear, you won't. <laughs> they will hear in a language that they can understand. In all over Europe today, in 20 or 30 or 40 languages, people are hearing in a language they can understand. Now that's not quite the same as Pentecost, but it's certainly a new Pentecost, a way for people to hear. Around the world, people are hearing today in hundreds of languages, hearing this same message, that Jesus loves you, Jesus laid down his life for you, all the promises are sealed in blood, and you have a future in his kingdom. The Spirit comes right here. Guess what? Even today there is an apostolic preacher, guess who that is, standing among you just like St. Peter. Now, I'm not an apostle, but I'll tell you this, I believe this with all my heart. I was sent to you by the apostles, by the Lord. Sent, not with my own message, heavenly days, no. Sent to tell you the same thing that Peter would tell you if he was standing right here. That's why he sent me, to, to, to repeat the story. And if you get tired of hearing the story, that's just the way it is, because it's the same story all the time. I mean to say essentially the same thing that Peter said. And if I don't, you should give me the boot. Okay? So an apostolic preacher is sent on Pentecost. On Pentecost. The preacher is sent. And here in this place, there will be repentance and baptism. Now, I can stand here, I can't see in your eyes whose heart is touched today. I, I can't tell that. I wish I could. No, I don't really. But I, I can't tell whose life has changed. But I know, maybe it doesn't even have, maybe nobody's life has changed today. But over time, lives in this congregation will be changed. Hearts will be touched, 
people will turn to hear the gospel, their lives will be changed, everything will be new, and there will be baptisms. Now, I've not done a baptism since I've been here, but there have been baptisms, and there will be more baptisms as people, people are brought into the faith, into the church, into the life of Jesus, Jesus' own community. So right here, it happens, right here. And finally, we listen together to the apostles' teaching. We share in the fellowship. We pray together. And we break bread together. And that's been happening in the church for 2,000 years. Different ways, different communities, different understandings, but essentially the same thing. People have gathered to listen to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship together, to pray together, and to break bread together. It happens over and over again. Not only that, here, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. As Paul says, the gifts are given. And I have no doubt that the gifts are given right here. And Paul lists any number of gifts, you know, preaching, teaching, healing, administration. He, he lists, uh, in, in Romans, he says people give lots of money. That's a gift. And it is a gift, isn't it? Not everybody can do that. Some people have more faith than others. He says that. There, there's a whole list of gifts. Speaking in tongues. I don't speak in tongues, but some people do. Interpreting tongues. All kinds of gifts. And I think Paul's list is not proscriptive, but descriptive. In other words, there are, there are many more gifts than Paul mentions. And some of them Paul had never even heard of. In, in a large church, somebody has to run the sound system. Paul never thought of that. You know, these days, missionaries go by helicopters to, to remote villages. Paul never thought of that either. But that pilot has been given a gift, a gospel gift, a Holy Spirit gift. And that's what, there are all kinds of gifts. I, I think at the top of the list, and it's one that Paul never mentions, is parenting. <laughs> that's a biggie. That's a biggie. And uh, if you have that gift, Bless your heart. You know, I've never been sure whether I had it or not, even though I've got five kids. I'm, she has it, but I'm not sure I do. Yeah. So the gifts are given, and one more thing, the fruits are given. The fruits. I don't know that I got them all. Love, patience, peace, joy, kindness, generosity, self-understanding. What am I forgetting? Faith, faith, faithfulness. Faith or faithfulness, yes, thank you. Yeah. Gentleness, thank you. You got it. You're better than I am. Yeah. Those gifts are given into the congregation. Now, I don't know that all of us exercise all of those, those fruits all the time. I wish we did, but we don't. But they are given in the congregation. And they better be given in the congregation. We expect them to be given in the congregation. So these are the fruits of the Spirit. The Spirit working in our lives to make us good and decent people. Now, God doesn't love us because we're good and decent people, but because God does love us, we become good and decent people in the work of the Spirit. That's part of His gifting of us. So the Spirit comes. The Spirit comes. Finally, I think the most important, the most important Holy Spirit verse in all of Scripture is in John chapter 14. I think that's the most important verse, far more important than Acts 2, where Jesus says, 
on the night of his betrayal, he, tell, he tells them, when the Spirit comes, he will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. What is the Spirit's work? The Spirit's work isn't to talk about the Spirit. The Spirit's work is to what? Talk about Jesus! To remind you of everything Jesus said. And that's what we mean to do here today and every day. I'm here to tell you, Jesus, you could sing it with me. Jesus loves me, this I know. Yeah. Jesus loves you. He laid down his life for you. All the promises are sealed in blood. And he comes, he comes, he comes, always returns. The resurrected Lord returns with those same words. I love you, I forgive you, I'll be with you always to the end of time. On Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. And on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit still comes. Always comes to the church. You may have heard it said that, in, in a sense, every Sunday is an Easter Sunday. Every Sunday is the day of the Lord's resurrection. We could also say, I think, that every Sunday is a Pentecost Sunday. Every Sunday is the day that the Spirit is given. The Spirit is given. And as the Spirit comes to us through the words of Jesus, He gets into our ears and He wiggles His way down into our hearts. He calls us to repentance, to turn around. He calls us to confession. He calls us to love one another. But most of all, he calls us to faith. He calls us to trust those promises. Trust the word of Jesus. He loves you. He would never lie to you. That's one of my favorite things to say. He will not lie to you. He loves you. And he will be with you always, even to the end of the age.